hello and welcome to the Heal in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Marie, a certified trauma-informed coach and complex trauma survivor. Along my own healing journey, I found music to be both a supportive tool for processing emotions and a source of solace and comfort during tough times. On this show, I'm breaking down popular songs through the lens of trauma recovery, healing, and personal growth. So let's dive in. All right, everybody, welcome back to Heal in Harmony, the podcast. I'm super excited because today I have my very first guest on the podcast named Sarah, um, and I'm really looking forward to introducing her to you in a moment here. But before we dive into our song today, which is Death by a Thousand Cuts by, of course, Taylor Swift, I want to let you know that my course, Blooming Relationships, is now officially open for enrollment. This is my signature course for helping trauma survivors feel more more empowered, safe, and joyful within their relationships. So this is exactly what I needed as an abuse survivor when I was unlearning the toxicity of the past and trying to find a new way of approaching relationships that would support my healing instead of, you know, bringing me back to rock bottom. So you can find the website for the course and all the details in the show notes. So with that, we're going to dive into the episode. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. I'm really actually excited to talk. I'm I'm glad I have like the space to talk about Taylor Swift and healing. <laughs> yes, really me too. To awesome. Well, before we get started, I just want to give you the chance to introduce yourself um, to our audience here. Yeah, so my name is Sarah Aird. I'm um, a recovering complex trauma survivor. That's maybe the kind of the platform that I come at um, on Instagram. My uh, platform is called Breaking Down CPTSD, which I started about two years ago um, from a place of uh, having been in recovery for about, I don't know, I think at that time it was like 15 years. And really what drove me to start sharing my own story was just the hope I was feeling, Hmm. which felt pretty miraculous to me um, as having experienced a lot of hopelessness as Mm. part of living with complex trauma. And so I just wanted to, um, I guess, create a space to share with folks things that had been working for me Mm. um, and uh, make that accessible, right, in like a digestible kind of way. Um, And then it kind of took on a life of its own. I didn't really have uh, like ambition for it. Yeah. I was just like, I'm going to get on, I'm going to start um, some sharing some, some stuff. And then that kind of grew into um, more advocacy and then um, some trauma recovery coaching. So nice. yeah, like here I am today, uh, kind of like training and learning more how to support peer to peer and I nice. uh, really love working with survivors and really, like I said, love, um, love how music is really healing mm. for at least it has been for me um, in trauma yes. recovery. But like specifically, I love this opportunity to talk about Taylor. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I stumbled upon her, like I knew of her, but I think like, really where she started to have a powerful impact on me in terms of my trauma healing was with reputation. Nice. And um, since then it's like expanded from 
from there and like her Mm. music's just had a huge yeah it's had a huge impact on me and I just like love the opportunity to be able to speak to that a little bit today Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, it's pretty wild how similar our kind of Instagram uh, Mm -hmm. arcs have been where I had a very similar start too of like just sharing about my own process and journey and then realizing like, oh, you know, I have a valuable presence in this space and I can support other people. So that is awesome. And I'm really glad that we've had the chance to become internet friends and um, gone yes. live together a couple times and now we're here. So yeah, thanks again for yeah being here. And I'm looking forward to seeing your perspective on this song. <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm excited to hear yours too. Awesome. Well. Cool. So everybody, as you know, unfortunately, I cannot play the song, although that would be wonderful if I could. So make sure you go listen to it if you're not familiar or you just want a refresher. We are going to break down Death by a Thousand Cuts from Taylor Swift's album Lover. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and dive in. Feel free to pause if you need to go listen to that and come back. So the song begins with the chorus, which I will go ahead and read for us. Uh, Cause saying goodbye is death by a thousand cuts, flashbacks waking me up. I get drunk, but it's not enough because the morning comes and you're not my baby. I look through the windows of this love, even though we boarded them up. Chandeliers still flicker in here because I can't pretend it's okay when it's not. It's death by a thousand cuts. It's so hard to read that without singing it um, because I feel like the melody is so good. So please listen to the song. Um, But I'll let you go ahead first, Sarah, if you are open to that, to just kind of share your thoughts or interpretations of the chorus. Yeah. Um, So like I mentioned before, like coming into her music, this was actually a song that really started to speak to me Mm -hmm. um, right at the beginning of what I would say is was like my deep dive into complex trauma recovery. Um, So it's like I, I kind of come into this song when um I'm starting therapy and um I'm trying to like uh set boundaries and speak up specifically with family and and maybe I'll just Mm. say that like I know a lot of Taylor songs um sometimes have like romantic foundations but a lot of them have been just like um about they've spoke to me on like other levels of love and so for sure I think this like this metaphor of death by a thousand cuts felt like and and I guess the next part like the the flashbacks waking me up really spoke to me at a moment where I felt like I was like literally waking up to what I had experienced like in the past mm-hmm. um and it yeah, like it felt like one thing after another. Um, but also at the same time that like, because that had been my norm, I don't like it was it was hard to reconcile like all these small injuries um, mm-hmm. that have had like accumulated over time that were kind of like flooding back all at once. Yeah. Um, but like, the, it, it didn't feel like this big like this big one-time wound, right? It felt like yep. all of these little things and they're all kind of flooding back at once. Um, and I think like the the lines of like, um, like the morning comes and you're not my baby. But I think the way I kind of interpreted that, it was like I was 
realizing like what my family really was, which was heartbreaking at the time. Like it was really hard to reconcile. Um, and like this idea that, um, I mean, some of our imagery, it's really like the window of love and that being boarded up. Mm -hmm. Um, like at the time, I think I was like really wrestling with like how I felt about these people like my family and um like needing to take a lot of distance and like um take space from them um and like maybe just how quickly like things turned and I remember being in a place where like I couldn't pretend anymore like I Mm -hmm. I I knew I wasn't okay. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't been okay for a really long time. Um, I'd been trying really hard to pretend I was okay, but I was like hitting a rock bottom. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't really pretend anymore. Um, and there was something like really devastating about that. And I think this Absolutely. song came, you know, like I discovered this song right in the middle of all of that. And I was like, uh, this is this feels like what I'm going through right now yeah wow yeah that is so beautiful like beautifully put it's not beautiful to have that experience obviously it sounds super painful um, but yeah I feel like that raises a good point about how complex trauma survivors can have the tendency to like gaslight ourselves because we think oh well I didn't experience like a blatant sexual assault or you know, I wasn't in a war or whatever. Like I wasn't, I didn't experience some big T trauma that everyone talks about, but there was hundreds of thousands of cuts you could say that were over the course of my entire life. And so normalized that it was hard to even see what was happening. Just like if you get a tiny little paper cut, it's like, oh, it's no big deal. But after a thousand of those, you know, you're seriously injured. So I appreciate you sharing your perspective and some of your life experiences as well. Yeah, I think like, um, and maybe that's like in, in my own work with trauma survivors, I feel like there's like, uh, and, and I resonate with like, mm-hmm. specifically complex trauma is like, there often tends to be this wrestle of like, is it bad enough? Was it real? Right. Should I be here? Can I, you know, like, is this, is this space okay for me to, to be in, in recovery? Yep. Um, and I think that's why like, uh the title of this song right um because like as it's happening and it's like it it doesn't I think it's because it's such a norm it's like this doesn't seem like it's that bad um you get out the tail end of it and um yeah like it, it it there's a lot and it's maybe just hard to reconcile those two things like this is my norm but also there's something not normal about it. Totally. Yeah. And I think another aspect of this too, that maybe it will be revealed more throughout the song, but this idea that the other person seems to be fine, which I think definitely can come up with like 
you know, um, emotionally immature through emotionally abusive families, as well as other relationships is the other person is putting on a facade, at least that they're like, oh, everything's fine to me. I don't know why you're being so dramatic or why this is so hard for you. I've moved on from the past. And that makes you feel crazy or like you're being Mm -hmm. intentionally dramatic. And really, that's a whole just other kind of manipulation tactic to keep you small and under control. But it's tough (laughs) to see that. Yeah, I really resonate with what you just said there. I think like maybe why this song spoke to me is in that first year, like I really felt like I was losing my mind, right? Like I I had a really hard time trusting my own perspective of like what was coming up for me. And I I think like the message I got from a lot of people in my life was like, um, there's something wrong with you. Like you need to get your shit together. And, uh, and I just remember thinking like, again, like, uh, I've been trying to keep my shit together for years. I can't, like, I literally can't do it anymore. I don't know how to do it anymore, but yeah, like it was, it was crazy making. Mm -hmm. I often felt like I was like losing my mind and, and it was hard to stay grounded, like in that initial, um, like injury into recovery, like I, I, all I knew is like, I was like, I don't, I remember thinking like, I don't know like what it all means. I just know I'm not okay. That's maybe the one thing I could just admit to you. Like, I know I'm not okay right now. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing how there's so much like conditioning and so much at play in our minds that can kind of convince us that it's not that bad or we should just constantly question ourselves but the body is like always gonna just keep telling us no for real something is wrong I know like and I'm not gonna shut up about it really um even when it comes to like numbness or dissociation that's still like a message that Mm -hmm. your body isn't feeling safe so yeah I hear you on that for sure um I'll go ahead and kind of give my interpretation of this So for me, I resonate with this song a lot from a past uh, past experience I had about sort of chasing after a man who was emotionally unavailable and being rejected by someone that, you know, I kind of thought was falling in love with me too. And sort of having this experience of essentially being played a little bit. And now as an adult, like looking back on the situation, I was an adult, but I was like 18 when this was happening. It was kind of this dance of anxious and avoidant attachment where I was the anxious person who was really just like desperate to have my feelings be seen and validated, like desperate to be loved by someone. I was freshly out of a really abusive relationship and just like anyone that gave me a little bit of attention, I was just like so enamored by. And so that like kind of behavior, that demeanor, that um, perspective can really trigger someone who has more of an avoidant attachment style, which now I actually resonate with more than anxious, which is interesting. But at the time, I'm this very anxious, like, please love me, like coming to this guy, like, Mm -hmm. and he's like, whoa, 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 like, no, no, no. Um, But was never really clear about like, hey, look, these are my boundaries. I like you as a friend. You know, I like hooking up with you maybe, but I'm not interested in a relationship. Like that was never outrightly said. And so I was always just clinging on to this hope of like, maybe you'll stay with me or maybe you'll grow to love me like I love you. And like in those moments of like 
things going well I, it was just this feeling of like oh we are in love with each other when in reality it was one-sided so I feel like this I guess starting with the chorus here this idea of once again like he the avoidant person in this scenario and in my life it was a guy um never really validating my emotions or seeing it as that bad mm -hmm. it's like you know it was it was just like a light thing it was just like a fling or something and me having more of like a full breakdown about it of like this feels like a thousand cuts like I I, I literally got drunk all the time to cope at that point in my life I can't pretend it's okay when it's not you know you tried to neatly walk away and I pretended I could do that too but I still feel something for you the chandelier is still flickering um so yeah that's what I'll start with for the chorus but that's kind of uh how I feel this song come up in my life or my past. Yeah, there, there, a, a word that popped up for me as you were speaking, like a, of this idea of like maybe what's unspoken in the relationship, mm. like feels like those those little cuts when you yeah. talked about like um, he's not being really clear and, and there's what you're feeling. There's also what you want to speak, but it's not being received. It just made me feel like those like a lot of those little cuts can feel like what 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 isn't said what isn't yep. spoken um like what isn't heard um totally yeah it feels like those paper all those like paper cuts adding up right mm -hmm. yeah that's such a good point yeah I feel like one of the biggest moments that happened in my like situationship is what it would be called now we didn't have that language then it was the talking but like whatever um one of the moments that like really hit me things got much worse but at this point it was we were at a party and someone was like that's your girlfriend or something and he was like she's not my girlfriend and I'm like then what is this like we are literally acting like we're dating but you're not gonna call it that um which is reminding me of is it all too well where it's like you never called it what it was or yeah anyways um but yeah that's so true that like the things left unsaid can be can be little cuts too that add up and yeah lead to heartache yeah yeah I think there's like and and maybe to speak back to like what feels like crazy making in the mm. relationship is sometimes like the subtlety of it because it doesn't always feel like overt like in your yep. face I remember like people like feeling like I had to prove it was happening right mm -hmm, because like mm -hmm. the way it happened like all happened in like the tone and the gesture and the right yes. like, all of the oh that's such a good all point stuff. yeah yes like you can't really yeah like I never had it in writing that this guy was like I am interested in you and I enjoy essentially dating you or whatever it was just like well I feel that when we're together I can tell you like me but then it's like in writing quote unquote like out loud is saying oh no you're not my girlfriend or whatever and yeah it's like oh yeah that's such a good point and then I can totally imagine that within like a family dynamic or any yeah right yeah and even like what you what you said there where it's like the what's being like explicitly said mm -hmm. doesn't match what's being felt I think is another mm -hmm. like example of those paper cuts or it's like yep and and the crazy making of um someone saying one thing and then you feeling another and trying to reconcile the two of those yes mm -hmm. Ugh. 
Such good stuff. Cool. Well, let's move on. Uh, so the okay. first verse I'll go ahead and read. Um, I, I actually did not know this is what the lyric was until today. It's I dress to kill my time. I thought it was just to kill my time. Not like it really matters, but interesting. So I dress yeah. to kill my time. I take the long way home. I ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. And what once was ours is no one's now. I see you everywhere. The only thing we share is this small town. I'll leave it at that. And then we'll do the next little part. Um, so yeah, any, any thoughts on this verse? Yeah. So, um, I mean, one of my favorite lines is I asked the traffic lights mm-hmm. if it'll be all right. Such a mood. <laughs> they say, I don't know. Um, I think like this verse really speaks to me because, um, like what it makes me think of initially is like, even after getting distance from certain people, like as part of the recovery process, it still feels like they're everywhere. Mm. <laughs> it's like the, the notion, like I, I remember again at this period of time where I decide, um, I get, like, I, I get into what I would call like a more intensive recovery process and decide to take some space from some people. Mm-hmm. the space was like necessary but I don't know that that meant that like they weren't still like they those people didn't still feel like they were right in my face and yeah. like I just the the like the lines of like killing my time taking the long way home like seeing them everywhere um but like what 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 once was is no longer there um and like all all we share now is like this conflict or this I don't know, maybe it's like the pain. There's something about the verse that just feels like how lost it feels you can feel at the beginning. And like <clears throat> even when you may be at least for me, it was like I I I needed the distance, it was necessary. But just because there was physical distance didn't mean there was like emotional distance. And and for years, <laughs> like I'm wrestling just with like um, their presence, their like emotional presence in me and like what it means to me and yes, like trying to unpack it all um, and just feeling like um like everything that was before is kind of like falling apart. I'm deconstructing it. And like, what is just feels painful. Like, it's just like, what, what is this thing we even have now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like that verse just feels like, uh, like a wandering, like I'm so lost. Yeah. I can't figure this out. It's very painful. Maybe what I once knew doesn't feel I mean, I, I remember saying a lot in therapy, like, especially as I was reading books, like about codependency or like whatever, I remember feeling like my entire, like path would be rewritten, <laughs> like by a book, I, I'd be like, damn, like now I just like my whole story is shifted in this huge way. And I'd have to make sense of that again. Um, Yeah, so I think it's just like, I resonate with like, feeling so lost and I this this big I don't know I don't know like what's happening I don't know where it's going I don't know what 
I'm doing, uh, like I'm just taking it a step at a time and it feels really messy, I guess is how it resonates with me. Yeah, that was so good. I barely had any notes for this. So I'm really grateful for your yeah comments here because it totally stirred some stuff up in me too. Yeah, the concept of like killing your time or intentionally like, you know, dragging things out really reminds me of that sense of I have no direction. I don't know what to do with myself. I put so much of myself into this relationship and it's over. Like, what the hell, you know? And that is something I certainly, once again, is bringing me back to having more of that anxious attachment style where, yeah, there was a time where I really based all of my self-worth on if people loved me and especially in a romantic way, it was like all I cared about. And so having that taken away from me felt like a loss of identity. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I also feel like the asking the traffic light situation reminds me of just like utter loneliness of like, I am literally talking to an inanimate object at this point because I am so disconnected from any kind of support like I am feeling so lonely and abandoned like I'm just gonna look like it reminds me of kind of staring at the sky like laying in the snow just being like it doesn't get better you know like (laughs) um so I feel that also one of my favorite lines it's it's so relatable for some reason yeah I like what you said about like bringing in the anxious attachment because I think yeah I mean, I just was thinking like a traffic light is supposed to be like something that maybe tells you like a direction or like where you're supposed to be going. What to do. And it's, yeah, like I think also if I like, like I resonate with if I'm not trying to fix this relationship, mend this relationship, like, um, and I'm, and I'm just gonna step away from it and work on something else, there is this big, I re- I mean, it landed for me like loss of identity. I don't know where I'm going anymore mm-hmm. if I'm not going towards you or I'm not trying to, to do this thing. And even maybe like having felt so um, lost in a person that like you don't have an inner compass. Like I don't I don't know right. what I'm supposed to do if I'm not right. <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah, that lands for me. Yeah, it's starting to remind me of folks who have like deconstructed from a high demand, high control religion as well of like, this was my entire system of thought. Like this was everything I knew about how to be a person in the world. And if I'm going to turn my back on that, like that is a huge endeavor. So that's not something that's a part of my personal story, but I I see that and anyone listening that resonates, I see you. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, let's go move on. So the next, it's just four lines. That's kind of at the end of that verse. I don't really know why I broke it up, but it was, you said it was a great love, one for the ages, but if the story's over, why am I still writing pages? So. I mean, I'm glad you broke it up because those last two lines. (laughs) Yeah. And the way she sings those lines is like, again, I think there's something like uh, tortured about it. Tortured. sings it because I think like yeah I I felt like um maybe the way I would say those lines for me was like um the the relationships as I knew them were dying like there was no going back to like what uh, how I understood them before so something's Mm. ending yeah like something's really changing and um maybe because like with a lot of these people 
there's no new story. There's no rewriting. There's yeah. no, um, like transformation repair. Yeah. I feel like then I'm just, uh, the writing, like, why am I still writing pages? And I would say even to this day, <laughs> like still writing pages, right? Like totally. there's still so much process of like, maybe what I would say is like learning to live with the story as it is. Um, but like, yeah, I think there's like in the metaphor of like the story and writing it, it's like I, I said before, like, as I'm waking up to certain things, like my whole story is being rewritten, the past, mm-hmm. like I'm seeing it really differently. I'm trying to, uh, I think, reconcile that story shifting in such a dramatic way. And I think at the time, I feel like I want to stay hopeful that that story can keep going or that it can ch- change or transform. Yeah. And um, some of it does, some of it doesn't. Um, but I, I would say even to this day, like I'm still trying to make sense of my story. And I think like the great love for the ages, for some reason, those often tend to land for me as like these familial relationships that are meant to be enduring and they're supposed to be like our home and like it's supposed to be our great love right like our family our home and uh like and it's it's over in a way right like it's not the same it's I don't know I really like these lines just because I think like I used I think about how I used to tell my story and then like how like it's just shifted in so many ways over the years like how I how I tell it and still even now like I said like I still at times am rewriting it still (laughs) right now Yeah. yeah wow yeah that was beautiful and I think people who have been through developmental childhood trauma or have like an estranged family are going to feel so seen by this and yeah I'm just really grateful for you for sharing that perspective because I think it is so different than just like it's a bad breakup you know which nothing wrong with that like I'm not trying to demean that but you know having this deeper layer is really nuanced and um, important to bring to bring to yeah the audience and anyone who needs to hear it so yeah I feel like I just echo everything you said um for me, one thing that I wrote down or that I considered was when it's when she says, you said it was a great love, for, one for the ages. It reminded me of when someone says things that they know you want to hear to kind of keep you around or like to keep you on a leash or like, you know, to to be able to continue to get what they want out of you. Not necessarily in like a malicious way, although it kind of sounds that way, but more just like, okay, I'll like appease her mm-hmm. in my circumstance. I'll I'll, uh, you know, give her a crumb, you know, keep her coming back because I do like what I'm getting out of this, but it's like, it wasn't really true. And then Mm -hmm. the person that's, you know, receiving the crumb is like, yay, like you love me too. Or like, you're happy with this relationship too. Yay. Like I feel so reassured and my like anxious attachment is like, yes, like I got what I wanted. And then this sort of resignation of, but if the story's over, why am I still writing pages? Like, why can't I get over it? Why can't I be like you who's able to just walk away from this cleanly? You know, what changed for you? Or were you pretending the whole time? Because I wasn't. 
is kind of like mm-hmm. a theme that I get from that. Yeah, there's something really, I think, disorienting about um, like relationships ending and 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 like the person across from you, like appearing like they're totally fine, right? Yeah. Like there's just, I don't know, it's like its own form of like implicit gaslighting. Yeah. Right. Like it's like, right. mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't, and, and as you spoke, it made me think of just like, the stories we tell about our relationships and then the realities of mm-hmm. them, right? Like, yep. Um, even like, uh, yeah, like the stories we tell each other, maybe even the stories we tell other people about like, our relationship is this and like, yeah. it's like that, but really it's, yeah, but, but there's something, there's like that dis, like a huge dissonance or disconnect between like what's, like what the, like what's being said or what the story is and then like what the lived experience of that yeah. is and it can mm-hmm. mess you up if it if you feel maybe I would say if you feel isolated in it right like you feel like you're the only one that's like struggling with the totally. the end or the, the change or something totally mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's so true and this is one of those times where I honestly think education has really helped me a lot like being able to name and like understand attachment strategies and styles and patterns is like really helped me see the situation that I'm kind of reminiscing on today with like way more understanding where like I honestly think there can be sometimes this tendency to like accuse someone who is more avoidant of being like maliciously harmful or like evil or like just very cold and all that stuff and obviously Mm -hmm. say what you need to say to heal and stuff but looking at it with more perspective of like oh that was maybe his strategy was more like keeping someone at a distance to feel safe where I was like desperately trying to get closer instead of dealing with my own sense of security and like it's not like I'm the victim and you're the um perpetrator or whatever you're the bad guy because you have a different strategy we both could have handled it much better like and so this is a nuanced relationship that I'm able to kind of acknowledge my responsibility in and be like I was not like the good guy in this like we were both kind of just messy and it just was the way it was and I can see that now because I'm no longer in it feeling that you know heartbreak and um feeling of betrayal that was the consequences of the dynamic playing out so yeah I appreciate that like compassionate perspective because like even in a training I'm I'm in right now it's like the avoidant uh style tends to be like villainized right because they're uh-huh. like moving away and then yeah and anxious as like invested or like uh-huh. <laughs> are you in NARM right now or did you finish that I'm done with NARM I'm in okay, the somatic cool. attachment training oh. to the embody life like, I think you are okay. yes. yeah yeah so, <laughs> nice. so cool. I think she was talking about that yesterday and gotcha. it's interesting too because like I would have I would have said for a long time, I was anxiously attached. I feel more avoidantly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, so I'm like, I'm the villain now, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> I feel the tendency to to pull away a lot right now, and mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, having a compassionate perspective for the the tendency to pull away for safety, I'm I, yeah. I like I I appreciate that. 
Oh yeah. That's interesting. So I haven't caught up yet. I just finished last Tuesday's recording and today I'm going to be listening to Thursdays. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get to that. And so I'm interested in what my thoughts will be, but yeah, it's, it's wild. Like, I think especially as a woman to start to have more avoidant tendencies, because I think the like yield stereotype is like, woman is clingy, man is withdrawing mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think women who are more anxiously attached can get a lot more compassion and care like even from their friends because they don't look okay they are like crying Mm -hmm. and freaking out that someone is abandoning them and so naturally people want to jump in and empathize and be nurturing whereas times when my avoidance has kicked in and I'm like Luke don't touch me like I can't do this you know I feel like an asshole like and it's like Like, no I would say like bitchy or cold right (laughs) like I feel like a bad person and it's like no like you know and there's obviously ways to go about it that can be really mean and there's ways to go about it that are just neutral of like I Mm -hmm. it's it's happening I'm withdrawing um so yeah I've had lots of you know breakdowns about that but as the years have gone by I'm just kind of like I see respect for all sorts of styles and I also yeah. see a lot of hope for creating more security and stuff yeah yeah I appreciate that because I just resonate too yeah like mm-hmm. I think um maybe it feels just kind of new to be maybe I would say again like a woman as like being mm-hmm. like pulling away and yep yeah, staying curious with like both of them, knowing that like it's some kind of protective response. And right. there's the beautiful thing, and you'll maybe you'll hear this when you watch the next part is like what I love in mm. that training is just that secure attachment is our baseline and we can work towards that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I've had like a huge arc for my own life of now when I take the little quizzes and stuff, like I get secure and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, really? I know, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like I'm disorganized, but it's like, no, you're not like, and I still have the tendencies within me to be more disorganized, yeah. but I don't act on them anymore because I generally have a secure attachment style now. And I'm like, oh, like, okay. Um, but I yeah, that. I feel very grateful. <laughs> I took a quiz the other day and I got secure and I was like, Mm, I'm skeptical like I don't know but I think the reality is like um I think it's easy if so if you've had an insecure attachment style to view secure as basically perfect when in reality like a child who was raised and developed a secure attachment style their parents were not perfect they are not perfect Mm -hmm. like they still have moments of like get away from me or you know I need you or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's like as a constant stance isn't based in this insecurity so yeah we love to hear it if anyone's curious about what we're talking about the training that we're in is through the embody lab and they have a training coming up specifically for coaches or people that want to practice coaching Um, so check that out i'll also link that in the show notes and you can just check out their website for all their other offers as well so quick plug for the embody lab (laughs) yeah we got some loving students here Um, okay So let's get back to the song. Next up is the chorus. So I am just going to skip that because it's at the end again and we already covered it. And now we get to the best part, which is the bridge, Uh, my opinion. But I think it's I yeah, I think it's kind of objective, Um, but it's okay if you disagree. But the bridge says, let's see if I can say this correctly. Okay. My heart, my hips, my body, my love, trying to find a part of me that you didn't touch, gave up on me like I was a bad drug. Now I'm searching for signs in a haunted club. Let's just start with that and then we'll keep going. So first four lines of the bridge. 
So I think like what I like about this one is maybe um, where she starts out with this metaphor of like a thousand cuts. This feels almost like acknowledgement or like recognition of the cuts, right? It's like where um, like the bridge, the bridge makes me think of like um, how pervasive it feels, like how mm -hmm. it feels like it's, I mean, one of the things I, I, I've always felt about like complex trauma is it's like this web, but like, I just feel like mm -hmm. it goes and it extends into, I mean, places that I don't think it would extend into, there it is, right? Like it's in so many things. So I, I really like in the bridge, how she just starts naming things. And, yeah. um, I think, and, and, and as a sexual trauma survivor, I think like there are mm -hmm. parts of what she names that feels like, um, like, I guess specifically speaks to my body, right? Yep. Like my hips, like all of this just feels like, um, yeah, like I, I'm having a hard time putting words for it, but maybe it just feels like, uh, how how at times it can feel like it's in every cell of your body like it's just yep. it's in your work it's in your relationships it's in your parenting it's in your <laughs> like it's yep. it's where you live it's like all of yep. these different things and so like there's something really powerful about the metaphor of like these tiny little cuts but then how the bridge maybe like lets it take like it brings the weight of that into it yeah um, I really, yeah, like there, mm. it's my favorite part of the song as well. Like okay, I, good. yeah, <laughs> didn't want to speak for you. I'm glad I was right. Air guitar in there yeah. on this one. Like I yeah. love it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I completely agree. And just taking those first two lines out of context of the entire song, I'm like, that is why this hits so hard is because I'm also a sexual trauma survivor. And it's like, yeah, like I used to think about the concept that supposedly about every seven years, every cell in the human body is new, um, like regenerates. So like, you know, seven years go by. Okay, now you have never touched me mm. and my body. Right. But it's like, I still feel it, though. Like, you know, my mm. memory and my my body mind like has still been impacted no matter what. Um mm. But yeah, I think trying to find a part of you that someone didn't touch is like really like hits home on the trauma experience. Um, but within the context of the song, something I'm thinking is just like when you kind of split or flip a switch real quick and you're like, I was so open and so in love and I just wanted to give all of myself to you. And then you realize they never fully appreciated it or they took it for granted mm -hmm. or they're rejecting you. And then your body kind of goes like, well, fuck all that. Like that. I, what did, why did I do that? You know, like, damn it. And now I can't look at myself, any part of me, even my heart, you know, and think like I kept that for myself I gave it all to you and just kind of like being mm -hmm. mad at yourself or mad at the world because of that or obviously mad at the person yeah and then I thought it was interesting where she says gave up on me like I was a bad drug sort of like viewing you, her or the protagonist as the villain or the problem um is interesting too and sort of like contributes to that feeling of betrayal or being played is like wait you're gonna look at me and tell me I'm crazy or I caused this or you just you just gave up on me like 
just that sense of like righteous indignance that I think is mm-hmm. kind of brought up here. Yeah, as you're talking, like it makes me think of um, maybe how there's, yeah, like some kind of like healthy aggression or healthy anger mm-hmm. inside of that bridge that speaks maybe to, or speaks up against the amount of like, maybe the pervasiveness of it is like for what I'm, the word I'm finding is like how, how much shame there is, right? Yep. And how the shame is like, it feels like it's everywhere. It feels like it's hard to run away from, to get mm. away from, right? But there's something in like a healthy anger or an aggressive response that kind of maybe just honors like the depth of the hurt. And like mm-hmm. when you said like a part of me that you didn't touch, that I mean, I feel like this has been a wrestle for me, maybe as a developmental trauma or complex trauma survivor is like no before. Mm-hmm before trauma right like when is there a before and there doesn't feel like one and if that yeah. if, if that's the case then it's like am I is that all I am is there something right. inside of me that's like untouched and I remember reading that once in a book like there's some essence in you like there's uh-huh. something inside of you that like trauma can't touch and honestly I was like that is bullshit <laughs> yeah. like at first I was like no like yeah. that that's not real I yeah. think like I've come around to it more where it's like, or maybe I want to believe it more that like there's something in me that was like protected or tucked away or Mm. put off to the side. um, And, you know, I built all these defenses so it wouldn't be touched. Mm. Um, But yeah, like it speaks to like the pervasiveness of the, maybe the shame. I think maybe she speaks to it originally and then the some fire later that's like, hang yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, right. this isn't all my shame to carry. What the hell? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And For like sure. she like again, it's like the way she sings it. Um I like that you pointed that out. Like that that the the we the people might say like the bad drug is you. There's something wrong with mm-hmm. you. You're causing all of these problems. Right. And she's I think this is like a I like a fuck no. <laughs> yeah, she's like, no, I'm not, though. Yeah, right? Yep, love Taylor yeah. for that. I feel like she is able to be like, uh-uh, like, I'm not going to take all the blame. Like, there's a couple songs where she really is like, it's my fault. Like, Afterglow is one of them. Like, okay, yeah. I did it, right? But most of the time, she's like, uh-uh, like, you know, you're to blame, too. Um, yeah, well said, for sure. Um, yeah, I loved everything you had to say about shame. That was really... Yeah, that aspect. I I have this book. I don't know if maybe it's the same one, but it's called The Trauma Toolkit. And she like breaks down like all these different levels of being. And I think it's maybe a Buddhist concept or I don't know, some Eastern religion. And the the core within the core is what that part was called, where it's like untouchable by anything. And I found that incredibly comforting at the time. But then there's definitely been other times where I'm like, no, but like I am tainted to my core. Like mm-hmm. I am <laughs> absolutely a piece of you know, whatever, like damaged goods. Right. Mm -hmm. And so something that's actually helped me a lot throughout the years of kind of reckoning with trauma is like, maybe trauma has impacted like every part of me, but then what is the part of me that survived? 
like, mm-hmm. you know, that somehow, like, it felt like the death of everything within me, like my ego, like my body felt like it was dying, my heart, like everything, but something got me out and kept me going and mm-hmm. kept me living. So for me, I envision that as like a little flame or like a fire. So that's what I kind of imagine is like, to me, it feels very magical and like, I don't know cool like I like to think about it and it kind of inspires me to keep going and keep doing the work I'm doing and stuff yeah I love that as you like describe that I was like oh Emmy when you see like Willow during the (laughs) era story oh my god like like, yeah it's like these little flames and she's like she has this almost like witch like persona where it's like there's I get like I'm an alchemist like I'm gonna yeah. take what Love happened it. and like transform it yeah I feel like that's so such so a crazy. random song for that but you know go know. off like I, it's a cute song I like it um but it's yeah I feel like not her most like alchemizing yeah uh, this is a side note but Sarah went to the Eras tour and we were chatting about it and um I am so excited but one this is random I'm just gonna manifest this to my podcast world right now is the secret song that I really, really would love to hear is Ivy. It's one of my favorite songs and it's not on the track list. She has not played it yet at this time. So just sending that out. To Let's send it out. Let's send it out. <laughs> Universe. <laughs> oh. I love All that. right, cool. Let's keep going. So the next part of the bridge is our songs, our films, United We Stand, Our Country, Guess It Was a Lawless Land, Quiet My Fears with the Touch of Your Hand, Paper Cut Stings from Our Paper Thin Plans. Woohoo! Mm. So the first thought that comes to me with this one, and because and so I, I did come out of like a high demand, high control mm-hmm. religion. Yep. So some of these lines, I think, speak to me about like something bigger than relationship right like I don't know I and then maybe again it just speaks to like the layers of trauma but those lines are like um I guess like experiences like that feel like society or cultural Mm -hmm. or yeah religious or but also can have such a like a pervasive and deep impact right like um yeah yeah, I think, again, like coming out of uh, the religion I grew up in and like deconstructing and look at, again, it's like a rewriting of a lot of things, like mm-hmm. the way I look at things, um, the way I see them now, the way I saw them then, right? Yeah. And like, um, and then those last two lines, like, I I really like... Um, I guess what I really like about Taylor in some of her songs is like, even if that person she's singing about like is herder or uh, like if there's a lot of pain in that relationship, she doesn't get discount like how much she might've loved them or been comforted yeah. by them or, um, yeah. and I think that's like, at least in my own recovery, like it, it, it sometimes takes me a while to get there like at first it's like I don't want to see anything bad about them that's where and then it's like all I can see is like yeah how horrible it was yeah and then somewhere along the lines I get to this place where I'm wrestling with like what was good and what I loved and moments I treasure and then like I have and like holding that alongside of all of the other 
stuff that happened too. And sometimes yeah. it's still really hard to bring those two things together. So yeah. like I think there's in those lines, like that somebody can quiet your fears. Who's also like devastating yeah. you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's something very real for me about that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um. Yeah. So with my perspective, thinking about being in a relationship where let's, let's, yeah, a situationship, in fact, where you're like, you know, we have like our songs, like there's these cute things that like unite us. And like, we watched this movie together and like, we've created our own little country of like you and me, like we get each other, even though you're not naming it, like, you know, I'm worried about it. And you comfort me with the touch of your hand. Like you use physical touch to keep me feeling safe and reassured. Um, But that reassurance is always going to be needed more because I'm not actually getting the security I want from you. But I don't know that. I'm just going to call myself crazy and I'm just going to keep coming back wanting that reassurance. Um, And then I love the little flippant of like, guess it was a lawless land. Like, I don't know if flippant is the right word. It's not petty, but just like, okay, guess I was wrong. Like, guess it was a lawless land. You didn't respect the rules. You didn't respect the agreements we made. And like, oh, I can't even be mad about that because we didn't say the agreements out loud. It was something I felt and I thought you felt it too. Or like we made these plans. They were paper thin. I thought they were real, um, but I guess they weren't, you know, you you were right. You never said that we were together. Like, so there's kind of like a little touch of bitterness in here that I, I'm sensing um, as well as like the loss. Yeah, I I I really like what you said the about the lawless land because I think it makes it, it, the first thought was like it's like a boundarylessness, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. no there's no para like yeah. maybe there there's like these fragile things, but like or the idea was like it keeps shifting, like yep. Yep. we we make a plan, but then it goes like this, and then yep. we make and then it goes like this, and it just keeps it it doesn't ever really. have any solidity to it there's no container for me to rest within I'm always on my toes trying to keep up with your whims and your feelings and yeah yep yep yeah yeah cool all right let's finish it up with yeah one of my favorite parts uh so my time my wine my spirit my trust trying to find a part of me you didn't take up gave you too much but it wasn't enough but I'll be all right it's just a thousand cuts (laughs) <laughs> I just want to hear it. I know. Go listen to the song. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like uh I mean the la- the last line, like the but it's okay. Like it's just whatever. Uh, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um I don't know. I really like uh because I think she says. So trying to find a part of me that you didn't touch, trying to find a part of me you didn't take up. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, um, I don't know, maybe going back to what we said, like coming out of relationships, feeling totally spent, feeling like yeah, there's nothing of you left. Yep. Um, maybe even like I've 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 seen and like like some of the imagery I've had myself or heard with survivors is like I'm a seedling I'm building from the ground up Mm -hmm. I like there's 
you know, like just some kind of very stark starting over. Yeah. I, I often uh, bring up like being a fledgling baby bird a lot of times mm-hmm. when you're like going out into the world and trying to be nice to yourself or like have boundaries. Yeah. You're just like this fragile little thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, so filling, um, but I, I also like some of maybe the most moving conversations I've had with survivors and fill into myself is just like the devastation of having given so much like and I think from a from like this place of wanting connection of wanting family of wanting belonging of wanting a home like you're trying so hard to create that the she says um yeah, like giving so much and it's never enough, right? right? Like I'm trying so hard to to get the thing that I I want. And at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter how much I give, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel totally spent and I'm still not gonna land in the yep. place that I wanna land, right? Um yep. there's like a a big grieving process in that and that's maybe why that last line is like I don't even know it feels like I can see her like singing it with like a smirk yeah 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 yeah. but I'm fine like it's just it's just a lifetime of grief yeah yeah don't worry about me (laughs) so true especially with the tone of the song like I feel like the song isn't like angry like would have could have should have or it's not like super sad, like hoax or something. It's like saying goodbyes, you know, like it's not like the happiest, but it's kind of happy sounding. <laughs> so it's just that, like has that little sarcasm bit or like smirky yeah, vibe. It is. It yeah. is like it has like an irony, like a sarcasm, uh, mm-hmm. like a snarky. I really like uh, my favorite version of this is the parrot, like the oh, light yeah. from Paris. Version. So it's like stripped down it's acoustic um and uh so I feel like it has a raw maybe the word I would use like it has a rawness Mm. to it even though it's not necessarily like um super sad or super angry there is something raw about it that I like Mm -hmm. yeah cool yeah so what I think is interesting is as you're speaking I was thinking about like the difference between touch and take up so the part of me that you didn't touch the part of me you didn't take up so thinking about how touch can be both obviously lovely reassuring gentle and it can also be like hitting like abuse mm-hmm. which I don't ne- think is necessarily being described here but like the impact of touch can be really painful and destructive or like can smush you down into like a little ball of nothing or just like like a uh, like tightened version mm-hmm. of yourself versus being taken up is like being consumed like being used being exploited being sucked having the life force sucked out of you um Mm -hmm. and then you know like my time my wine like obviously wine is a form of alcohol or beverage um but I almost can think of like money uh like my time my money like wine could be like it's a material item so like the things you give someone gifts things that cost money and then my spirit is like 
your life force, your essence, my trust is like the mm-hmm. thing that you choose to give to someone. Um, so I think there's a really nice combination of blame of like you trying to find a part of me you didn't take up and then coupled with I gave you too much. So it's like I'm taking responsibility for the fact that I gave you too much, but you took it too. You didn't say no. Mm-hmm. Look, I can tell you want more from me than I'm willing to give. I'm going to make a boundary here because I don't want you to get hurt or I don't want to lead you on. No, no, no. You you took it and you just, ate it yeah. and left no crumbs. You were like, yay, thank you for giving this all to me. And so I think that really circles back with the like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You're right. I gave you everything and that was all my choice. You know, whatever. Don't mm-hmm. worry about me. When in reality, it's like, no, like you took this from me. Um, we're both to blame for this. And, you know, I wish that you would maybe validate my pain, but you're not going to. So I'll just write a song about it because I'm a badass. (laughs) No, I think that you nailed it right there with the last line, which is like, uh, maybe that speaking to like, I'm, I'm not going to get validation in this, right? Like, um, to them, like, it's fine. It's all right. But like, yeah, like, and, and maybe that's, I don't know, like with those lines of like, you're walking away feeling like every part of you's been touched, everything's been mm-hmm. taken up. And then there's uh, like, we've talked about, like there's no recognition, there's no validation. There's no, like this actually happened. This was hard. This is yep. like, it matters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something very, I think you use the word like really lonely about mm-hmm. being on the tail end of that. Um and yeah, just like, what do I do with that experience that's yeah. being maybe like erased or like, um, maybe like the line of I'm writing all of these pages, like there's all of this stuff inside of me that I'm trying. And the person across from you is just like moving on, it mm-hmm. appears, right? Like, they're just mm-hmm. like, I'm good. And I'm going on to the next thing where you're, yep. you're still trying to figure out what the hell happened to you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's a great point that's going to bring us to the end here because she just repeats the chorus, but the the last line is, I ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. So she's not leaving us with like, and this is what I'm going to do to deal with it, or like, this is how (laughs) I resolve the situation. It's just like, I don't know if it's going to be all right. I don't know how I'm going to get over this. The fact that it wasn't enough, she also repeats that, you know, it wasn't enough. Um, Obviously, it's death by a thousand cuts and... It's just like in that void, which I think is why the song can speak to so many people and is so touching is just like, she's not putting a little bow on it. She's like, mm-hmm. look, I'm in my grief and, and There's I'm in no, my like, loneliness. Clean ending or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like clean, right? <laughs> the song. That, comes, know, back. that yeah. comes in later, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Having this like closure and. Oh God, now there's closure. <laughs> um, anyways, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many songs, but yeah, I like ending that, with I don't that know. You pointed that out because I think that's like there's something validating about that to me that she doesn't mm-hmm. try to, yes, to like make it all tidy. Like I'm good now. I'm yeah. Because um, maybe like what I would take away, or what I like like about the song is that like and what we've talked about today is like a lot of this is ongoing I don't yep. think at least for me right it's like I mean yeah more yeah like a relationship that I'm developing with the grief with the past like yep. that I still encounter like 
life events or milestones or things that I'm going through. And it's like, here comes another layer of like, I mm-hmm. have a lot, something's not here that I wanted to, you know, that I wanted to be here. Um, it's not necessarily as like hopeless as sometimes I think it can like the void can feel, but I think there's just something honoring about like, yeah, I don't know. I really yeah. like maybe I, it's like, I don't know. It could yeah. be, I don't know. And I don't have to know. Yeah. Like there could be good days. There could be bad days, but like, I'll maybe just take it a day at a time or something. Yeah. 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 I love thinking about that within the context of the, stuff we just learned in our class that we're taking with like the protector parts and stuff of like being sort of this backseat driver that wants to have a sense of control and like um, Mm -hmm. wants to resolve the sense of worry that you can't you know And, and instead it's like the the messy middle of like I don't know I can't tell myself it's gonna be okay I don't know if it is you know and that's actually where healing happens is like being able to sit with that instead of forcing an answer I was just gonna say I can hear like that practitioner be like so you don't know like what can you just sit with that and it's like hell no I don't want to yeah 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 Yeah. like it's hard to sit and not I don't know like it it makes me also think of NARM too because they were always like Mm -hmm. how do we just see like sit in uncertainty and then not knowing and I'm like because nobody wants to like that's such a hard place to be Yeah. yeah And so true. right there at the end like mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> yeah that makes me think of like being in that circumstance is like just listen to the song you know and like have that like course through you and like feel that if it helps you you know sit with that unknown could be a good resource mm-hmm. awesome well this has been fantastic um yeah this was so much better than doing episodes by myself I gotta say it's like way more inspiring and interesting So folks listening, I really hope you enjoyed that and have a new or fresh perspective on this song. Please reach out if you have any comments or anything you want to share. I will make sure to, you know, share it with Sarah as well. And you can find me and Sarah's information, our websites, our social media accounts in the show notes. So give her a follow um, if you haven't already. And Sarah, any last thoughts or anything you want to say to close out? Um, just thank you so much. And like, I appreciate again, the, I'm so glad that you I saw this and we connected in this yeah. way. Because honestly, like I, I think I told you, like, I have wanted just a place to talk about Taylor. Yeah. And Haley. <laughs> so like, Woo! and I'm going to manifest uh, <laughs> Ivy for you. Thank you. I'm going to manifest you get magical free tickets to Denver. I know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You deserve that would be it. amazing, right? We that just spent over an hour talking about this. You know, you deserve it. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you all for listening as always. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. See you on our next episode. Bye.